0: This is the Blattcast. cast. out. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and fifty six minutes of your life. And now here's Christian Blatt. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Blattcast, and uh, this is one that's been bubbling beneath the surface for a while. Our long gestating and/or season one summary episode. I am always. As always, I'm Christian, but I am always Christian, but and as always, Always. I am Christian, but and when I talk all things Star Wars, there are there's a short list of people I want to talk to. And right at the top of that list is always the one, the only Ryan Nilsson is like it's like it's like Harry Nilsson, right? I mean, I am pronouncing it correctly after all this time, right? It's
1: it's spelled a little differently, but you're right. It is Nilsson. It's a pleasure to see you. Christian Blatt, you're definitely the top of my list for people I want to talk about Star Wars with, but we're both L.A., uh, yeah. working in the industry, post-production, used to work, uh, you know, talk show network together, Um we did, way back. We've been through I mean, it, we, were, we were we
0: were on the season one panel for Mandalorian.
1: That's right. Uh, is, speaking uh, of which, I have a little Bo-Katan nice. Tiki from Star Wars Celebration, which I went to this year. Oh my year. gosh! Um, so yeah. it's just been a big year for Star Wars. And this is the biggest show probably of the year for Star Wars.
0: Well, and then I think that when you think about this show, when you think about Andor, when you think about the fact that we were going to be getting a show about Cassian and Endor, Andor, Andor, <laughs> it's yeah. very, it's very difficult that there's this character, his name is Andor. And of course there's a the forest moon of Endor, <laughs> you know, Uh, If they want to do an indoor show, I'm also in for it. Uh, As a, as a child, I did indeed enjoy all 26 episodes of the Ewok animated series. However, uh, when this show, when you saw the shows that they were going to be working on, it was never like, Oh, that's not going to be good. It was always the question of, Oh, that's interesting. We've kind of seen the end of his story, but that's all right. Mm. And I would say, in no way was I not excited for it, but I was more excited for other projects. Do you think that uh, you had a similar view of Andor when we we knew we were obviously we were going to get Boba yeah. Fett, we were going to get more Mandalorian, we were going to get Ben Kenobi? I mean, you know, you circle that Ben Kenobi series because you knew you were going to get Ewan McGregor. I mean, I think that was the big right. one for me, you know.
1: Most definitely. I mean, I. we should even note here, we're, it's actually interesting we're having this conversation today, December 13th, because uh, the show has all come out. It's all aired. The final episode yeah. was the November 23rd. So we're actually a few weeks, I think we're three weeks removed, exactly, from I mean, the finale. So we're kind of talking about this as a, uh, this isn't like a fresh, like right off the presses, like we haven't had time to digest. We've had time to digest the show. We've had time to think about it. I've personally rewatched large uh, excerpts and and certain episodes from it. But I will. Yeah, it is the top of this conversation is, I think, like something that majority of Star Wars fans, just people who uh, had heard about the show were feeling, which is we were kind of eating crow in that. I remember December 2020 during COVID, they have a Star Wars announcement where they lay out. Here's a bunch of shows we got coming out. And easily, easily, my least excited for show was this one. Andor, I yeah, and I agree mostly just because I was like, oh, we've seen it, like we we know how that story ends. Didn't have many details around it. Way more excited about Obi Wan. Way more excited about more Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Uh, you know, bad uh, the bad batch. Uh, just way more excited about everything else. And the way this show so quickly. Proved itself and not only proved itself made it be like, this is the best thing. Like this is actually what you should have been most excited about. And now it's all anyone's talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, there there's a few moments, a few peak moments in star Wars fandom where you've had a lot of agreement about shows. Season one, Mandalorian was definitely that because it was like, Oh my gosh, star Wars is so much fun with this. And You know oh my gosh look at Grogu And you know there was like just in general people Were happy The uh, the, I'd say all the prequels And all the sequel films You did not have any kind of Cohesive unity on anything You know Mm -hmm. I think That uh, I think there were a lot Of people that thought Force Awakens They kind of graded it on a curve because it was like Ah but look at all of our friends are back And it's I don't think that it's a bad movie At all but I do think that After that it kind of Wore out its welcome with some people. This is something that I think once people gave it a chance, they uh, realized that it was good. And I think that the smartest thing that they did was putting three episodes out at once hmm. because I, I, I was uh, fortunate enough that uh, I got an advance. So I had the first four. So before those first three were there, I had the knowledge to say, Listen, if you're thinking you're going to check it out Don't just sit down and watch one Especially don't do it at midnight Just watch those first three When they're all there If for some reason you feel like they haven't gotten you by those three I don't know, it's probably not for you But There were times in the early minutes And it wasn't the first couple minutes But in that first episode There were moments where I'm like What's happening here? The pacing is very deliberate I'll say slow There was a moment and this didn't end up being my opinion after i had watched the first four but i was like there were moments where i'm like is this like watching paint dry in space (laughs) but when you take it as a whole you're like okay i get what they were doing and i knew i was like i mean this is star wars i'm gonna be in and i'm gonna watch it but i did not expect that this was the show we were going to get you know, right. I, I thought it was, you know, and look, there's ways in which it feels a little bit like Rogue One, but I thought it was like, you know, the the heist portion of the season, the stealing the payroll, which, you know, we'll get to all that kind of stuff. I yeah. thought it was going to probably be stuff like that. You know, it was going to be broken up into a few spots and there would be, you know, there'd be a big heist and then something else. And, you know, and it's just, oh, man. And what I didn't expect from the show that followed up the Ben Kenobi show was you yeah, were going to pretty much do a takedown on fascism do you want to do you want to sit down and watch that with us and i'm like uh yeah and you know characters that you might be sympathetic for uh deirdre is, is one where i think early on you're like oh man even in the empire you know uh, w- you know obviously of course in the empire women can't get ahead and then you're like as it goes along you're like yeah, but she's 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 a fascist, yeah. just like all of them. She's terrible. It's great character, incredible acting. That's not the point. You don't feel for that character, though. <laughs> you know where you thought you might in early episodes. So it was like week after week. I'm like, what is this show? I right. don't know, but I can't wait to tune in next week. Hmm. Uh, and just uh, before I, I toss a question your way, sure. Uh, there's a lot of reaction. People very excited. Ivan Soto, Dan Drew, <laughs> both excited to see the one and only Ryan no, Nelson, no, no. the uh, the Harry Nelson ap- uh, album, <laughs> Nelson Schmilson. Uh, sure. And Ivan says, I never in a million years thought I'd want to see this show. So it was definitely a surprise, honestly. Um, I um, had a conversation with somebody who I, I wasn't able to. Uh, have joined us, but uh, you know, uh, some of us people who know us may know uh, our, our pal Roxy Schreier, who, along with Steph Sabra uh, and uh, Dorina, they have the World Girl show. And I talked to Dorina before the Wakanda Forever uh, preview that we went to. Right, the right, press right. Screening. And she said that she usually doesn't like Star Wars. And she said that, like, Andor was the first thing she'd liked. I think she said 40 since years, like since 40, return yeah. of the Jedi since return of the Jedi. And I'm like, I I have a different feeling than that, but I respect that. That's the level of the quality of this show is right. just like, that's, the, that's what know. we're talking about here is. Yeah. So it's, I, it's, it's I'm interested in up. your thought because you and I haven't talked that much about this. Just a lot of like, OMG texts back and <laughs> forth because I knew we were going to do this show. So as the season begins and starts to unfold talk a little bit about uh, some of your reactions and of course the emotions
1: oh my gosh well yeah and and again it's cool that we're doing this like season retrospect of, of Andor where yeah. we're going to be talking about like all the episodes like spoilers of course but uh i yeah i think i think the way i would describe it is like slow is slowly falling in love with with a show, which I, I watch a ton of TV, a ton of movies. Like we're both in this industry, we. I'm watching. Yeah. there's shows I'm watching every week, and uh, there is that like match. You always hope for that magical feeling of like a show that just sweeps you up, and it becomes the most one of the most exciting parts of your week, like of, of, the, of your night. Like oh, I get to watch the new episode of that thing, and um, I was yeah. There's really- a couple
0: times this year where the show that I didn't expect. Peacemaker was the other one where I'm like oh my god thank god there's a new Peacemaker tonight you know what I mean and it's it's like it's the same thing that show like after the Suicide Squad was I like oh man I'm gonna be all in for that like I thought it would be good I thought it would be good Mm. but I was like oh I love this show and and
1: you know that that, it was only like six months after Suicide Squad maybe which this is four or five this is six years after Rogue One like I, I that, that was the other thing. Yeah. Is I, this ha- the show kind of had some uh, some cards stacked against it, I think, just for fans to get excited for it because with anything Star Wars, we're always getting excited for it. And yeah, this is probably the show the least amount of people were excited for, but I actually think that really added to the uh, how surprised and how you know swept up I got in it because yeah. just from that opening scene, um, where, where they're like, he's looking for his sister, he just killed two guards, boom, 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 boom and we have the three episode arc of him on the run from what i would just describe as basically the imperial police like they're not stormtroopers but they're like a police squad that clearly is being militarized and it's filled with members that want to be maybe more than just police officers which there's like an added commentary there and and then to kind of kick off after that into a heist arc which was a completely new and exciting direction for the show to go in. And then immediately after that, having one episode, I think it's episode seven where it's just kind of like, let's take a breather. And he has an amazing, he goes back to Ferrix and he has an amazing conversation yeah. with his mom who is Fiona Shaw, by the way, probably going to get like some kind of Emmy recognition for this show. Cause she's just flat out amazing. Um, yeah. And then you close out with another three-episode arc in that prison and, of course, the two-part finale. It You could just tell there was a master behind the wheel here with Tony Gilroy. And I should – I felt a little uh, – I felt – what's the word? I felt kind of naive not being completely familiar with him because I've only seen, I think, like one or two movies he's written. Like I saw Born Supra- Born Legacy and uh, – yeah, like Which
0: in- Born did he do? Was he it did the, the fourth
1: one with Renner. Which, yeah, that's what I
0: was gonna say. It was the it was the one with Hawkeye. So, and
1: like, yeah, look, it's not the other three, yeah. but but then there was a fifth, Jason Bourne, which we were like, it's better than that one. And I think it's it is <laughs> it's it's a it's a special type of talent to have a writer of his caliber being able to enter a franchise and kind of write within the franchise some like really deep and compelling stories which I think he does to the epitome like the pinnacle of that type of craft here where he just became maybe my new favorite writer in all of Star Wars where I I just could not believe the amount of like classic television at hand here like what did you think
0: Yeah I think that it you know I think that more than any of the Star Wars television we've well ever gotten, but more than most of the movies, it's like, oh, this is this is the grown up Star Wars, and not because it's you know too violent, it's not because it's racy, you know. No, it's just I can't imagine, a, a, you know, the youngest faction of the Star Wars fandom sitting through it and grasping the concepts and really getting wrapped up into it. You know, mm. this is, this is really for when you're a little bit older, you know, it's like, it, it's funny because it it's, it, there's so much British cast cause it's very British because they always seem so much smarter than us. You know, <laughs> uh, there's a, you know, there's, there's always times you know, like a great example is like Dr. Who always feels really British, not because it's always highbrow, but there's always times you know, little things pop in, and you go like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's not the point of view that uh, that America has on things." And I think that it's not what I expected in any way to have this level. First of all, to be dealing with these concepts, and I mean, even if you had you know one episode of of the prison stuff, you know, but to take the time to let that breathe and you know i mean obviously andy circus shows up you're like all right we're going to get to spend some more time with him oh but just God. the you know the his character arc and you know you just have that moment where his character arc ends where i can't swim you know which that is and and ryan will appreciate this more than most people i know that's the not penny's boat moment of oh, the man. show <laughs> you know where yeah. you're just like oh no you know and it's just a tra- uh, beautifully tragic. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I think just the amount of emotions that go into that, you know, and then it had, you know, it didn't feel like Star Wars at first. And I don't even mean that in a bad way. It was just in a way of like, oh, this is so different. You know, it's like the Empire is so far removed from that first three episode arc you're talking about. And, you know, like the, the sort of the, the Imperial police squad, it's uh, I feel like what it reminded me of is probably something a lot of people experienced, which is being an American backpacking through Europe and uh, you get kind of shaken down for some money because uh, maybe you didn't understand how to uh, buy the correct train ticket and someone who's not police. Sees that you did that so they figure They can tell you they're police and then Make you give them you know the equivalent of like 20 bucks so that you can Walk it off you know it was just Watching him with those guys I'm like Took me back to 2000 in Prague And I'm like oh yeah my friend and I Did get shaken down in a situation Like that and I was just like Yeah that's like It's not dastardly Bad cops it's just like You know like, it's
1: nuanced it's it's, yeah, it's,
0: very nuanced. And, it's very nuanced and and that was like oh man you know right. and the surrounding characters that uh that that andor is built by you know i mean the sorry that he's surrounded by i mean it's you know it it could have been the whole show could have been him you know running around and 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 you know not getting to the heist and all that so it's it's smart, like you said, that it's divided up into a few different things. And right. I mean, let's not forget how this also, very unexpectedly to me, also became the Mon Mothma series. You know what oh, I mean? I didn't oh expect to get that much time with her. You know,
1: I didn't either. I yeah, I, I I mean, I knew she was gonna be a big part of the show, but I didn't yeah. realize it's re, it's really half the show. I mean, or maybe a third. Uh, mm-hmm. And the political, the behind the scenes. Uh, like rich politics um, on Coruscant and th- also the added element. This is the first time we've seen live action Coruscant since, you know, Revenge of the Sith and, yeah. and that actually really hitting hard uh, and having like a very r- good and real reason to to revisit that planet. Um, yeah. I mean, the characters in the show are just phenomenal. It's, it's all of the writing really for for me where I'm, I don't think we've ever had dialogue this good in Star Wars. I don't know if we've ever had. Um, we've definitely have never had a show, a television series. I'll say live action and animated as well written as this in Star Wars. Uh, it, it's up there and it's, it demands your attention. Like you cannot help but get immediately sucked in. And I, uh, I would even say, you know, those, those first three, the element that I was really intrigued by was, okay, they're, they're kind of making a commentary here with, with this police squad and yeah. it and I think the the point I kept coming back to you can't help but compare shows obviously we're going to grade this one on its own merit but you can't help but compare what other uh you know uh Star Wars Disney Plus series there have been or just even movies and I really do think it became evident that everything up until this point since 2015 with Star Wars maybe with the exception of Rogue One has been very nostalgic based which I don't think yeah. is a bad thing. I think a lot of people talk about like nostalgia entertainment as like uh, they look down on it, but no, like I love I love nostalgia. Like I, I'm all in on that stuff. Um, I think that that nostalgia can be incredible when when well done. But I think it was very refreshing to have a show that that wasn't even like a percent of it. It, it this was all like a fresh story in this world we are familiar with, and Andor, Cassian Andor is the jumping off point. Um, and they're, they're, it was really fresh. It, it felt very grown up, like you were saying. And and they make you care about a lot of the supporting cast. Like, I, I actually texted you this. Um, I, I kept asking myself while watching the show, like, why am I so into this when I know Cassian Andor dies? Yeah. And I know that the rebellion wins. And it's because it feels so impossible taking down a... A bureaucracy in real life And I don't know how they're going to do it in this show And I want to see how they're going to do it
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's the whole thing about Rogue One uh, In that, you know, you know how their story ends You know, before you even start the film But you're still there with them So then this is sort of like, you know, another generation of that It's like, well, you know how his specific story ends And yeah, we do know what happens ultimately with the empire, but sometimes, you know, it's just watching the journey, you know, as it were to see how you get there and, you know, just sort of, there are instances in early episodes where you think, okay, so this is when we're going to see why he ends up, you know, being so actively involved in a rebellion against the empire. And I, you know, the, the, after the heist, you know, sort of the moment, and this is going to be the first character that I forget, you know, the guy that he shoots, who's like, why don't we just split the money and leave? You Mm -hmm. know, he's like, just that moment is like, you know, he, yeah, he'd started to kind of be won over. I think the idea the cause, and maybe he was starting to believe it. And then he's like, Oh, uh, this guy who I thought was a true believer he's just as much of a backstabber as anybody else you know what i'm not going to take any extra money i just want my cut and i'm going to leave to me that was probably the most surprising story point i did not expect our protagonist to take the money and run you know at that moment you know
1: yeah uh that that was definitely I, again, like the writing in the show, it, every time you felt like, oh, I know where this is going, it just surprises you again and again, which is so hard to do yeah. with, a, with a prequel show for a character who we know ultimately what his, you know, his demise is. But yeah, I mean, that was such a great scene. He's the last person I suspected. And uh, he double crosses them. And uh, and then what an amazing character moment for Cassian to immediately go to Vel who was at the deathbed of uh, that kid, Karis, who got crushed very tragically. Yeah. And he, he, it says so much about Cassie as a character that he still leaves the amount of credits. Like he takes only the amount that he was owed and he makes a point to say, Hey, I could have took all of this just so you know, that's why I'm telling the truth here. This guy was going to double cross you. I shot him. And just to to prove I'm telling the truth, I'm only taking the portion. I asked, I could have left and taken it all. And you're like, that's who this guy is. Like he, yeah, he, he's definitely, um, when it comes down, when the chips are down, like he's going to look after himself, but he has a heart. And I think that that's very well, uh, portrayed here throughout the entire series.
0: In that moment, I thought, Oh, this guy is, um, a more complicated, infinitely more nuanced Han Solo. Hmm. Like think about Han Solo in in A New Hope, you know, before he comes back to help blow up the Death Star, he's like, yeah, "I, you know, look, I, I'm glad I I'm glad we we got out of this. I got to get out of here. I, I I owe money to a gangster. You really think I have time for this kind of stuff?" And that's sort of that moment, you know. The difference being that Han, you know, in 20 minutes of screen time, has his change of heart and realizes, you know, when he's. A part of something bigger And with Cassian At the end of the season We're still not there You know mm. the, I, I don't want to jump ahead but it's sort of like The fact that he is Prepared for Luthen To kill him at the end He's like yeah that's what that's what you came here to do I got my people safe If that's what you need to do And you know And, and Luthen was prepared for that And then he's like Oh man, if this guy is willing to die For that cause I am this close to having him Willing to die for our cause And right. uh, of course Huge props to Stellan Skarsgård For the course of this I mean, first That's of it. all hes I love his, uh, his little quick change Where he's like, oh, now I'm back to Being the, you know the regal upper class, you know, uh, like that wasn't a jewelry store, but it was, you know, essentially yeah, like, like a, a, artifacts. Like, yeah. It, you know what it was? A, it was the the Coruscant sharper image, basically, is what he worked at. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, it was, the... it was like you don't you don't need any of this stuff, but I'll sell it to you if you want. Yeah.
1: I, I was even going to just a quick thing. That's uh, a good I I feel like so many people I've spoken to and a lot of stuff I've read online compare him to Han Solo. And even the fan, you know, there's always going to be angry Star Wars fans, but even the Star Wars fans that are like, oh my God, they just like copied Han Solo and made him cooler with a new character. I'm like, I don't, I actually think there's a stark, a unique, stark difference between the two. Yeah. That is explored in this show where, like, yeah, they're both like kind of scoundrels, but if you compare the solo movie and what we learned about Han Solo's backstory to, you know, this show with Andor like Cassian was an orphan who then had some adopted parents. And yeah. it's almost like Han Solo is the, uh, the version of Cassian who doesn't grow up with parents and kind of immediately, you know, gets a girlfriend and then, they're just like running around the universe, gets, gets recruited by the Empire and then just kind of doesn't trust anyone and has a Wookiee best friend. And like, there's there's these two guys that just had these different paths. And I think, like, yeah, they have a lot in common, but I really do think Cassian having um, a mother like, like the one in this show, uh, I think really adds to his moral compass. Like, as much as he doesn't want to admit it, throughout the whole show uh he you know he even has that scene with his mom where she's talking about how she heard about the heist on the radio or on tv and that gave her so much hope and he doesn't really realize that he was doing it for the money but yeah he also i think deep down there's a part of him you know that that doesn't like the empire and it just like and i think that that's just it's so subtly portrayed and and throughout the whole show and i I, it's really great. Like that's the type of stuff that you can only explore in TV.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you, you're like, Oh, you know what? Most people have the opinion that I don't like the empire, but for most people, it's like, my life is going to be as bleak as this, whether it's the empire or eventually the new Republic or whatever, you know, the old Imperial Senate, it's like, it's not really that much different. You know, you can know that there's injustices in the world, but it's also like, I'm just going to keep my head down, you know, and you don't want to make trouble for yourself. And I think so much of this is about sometimes you need, you need to rock the boat. You know, because if you don't have the boat rockers, you don't even get to the original trilogy. You know what I mean? Without this, you know, without this igniting this fuse, you know, prior to this, you know, and I agree with your point, by the way, about it it was important to see Coruscant. So this is, I don't know, is this 20? It's about it has to be 20 years since Revenge of the Sith because of how old luke is essentially i think 20 years is is close enough you know what i mm. mean and yeah we really because we didn't see it in uh, obi-wan did we
1: we didn't see Coruscant obi-wan we didn't yeah. see it and we haven't seen because, it in uh, because uh
0: because uh organa was on alderaan so we saw alderaan but we hadn't seen Coruscant in a while so uh yeah i think to just see how much more compartmentalized and insulated everyone is there and the fact that even you know a, a powerful senator is basically being tailed the whole time you know that driver who's like spying on her. you know and she knows it you know she knows it uh I'm yeah i mean we could talk about how i, I there was
1: a line i think early in the show I remember me move way through where mon mothma was like i learned a lot of my like cunning chess moves behind the scenes from palpatine like she yeah. knew that he did that. And now she's kind of doing that on this rebellion front. Uh, I mean, everything with that, every scene she's in is so interesting because there's multiple uh, things going on where she's one, putting up a front. Uh, yeah. She's kind of talking out two sides of her mouth. Every time she goes to visit Luthen and how they're, they have to kind of hold themselves in a different way. Cause they know people are watching, but what's coming out of their mouth is like a totally different conversation. I just found that so interesting. Like what a, what a fun um, you know, circumstance for for actors to have to act around. And I mean, we could talk about Stellan. I think Stellan Scarsgard's gonna get an Emmy nomination for this. I think he might yeah. win. Like that scene, that first scene where he puts on the outfit, which is I think in like an episode two or three.
0: Yeah. I think it's you're right.
1: Such a great transformation. And it's something we've seen in Star Wars, just never like this from, from this angle. That's what Palpatine did. I mean he's putting up a he's putting on a show and like this is he's such an interesting character he is that 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 unceremonious rebel that we don't talk about in history books like we, we, we talk about the Luke Skywalkers in the Han Solos yeah. and the Le- the Princess Leias but we don't talk about like the people who kind of you know start they, they 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 light the spark they these little acts of heroism that he obviously talks about in his monologue that he knows they're fighting for a sunrise you'll never see. And it's just so amazing how they, they've made, you know, these players so fascinating and integral.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's when you think about Mon Mothma in return of the Jedi, does she have like three or four lines, maybe, you know what I mean? And, you know, we obviously, we saw her also played by Genevieve O'Reilly in the, um, in the prequel
1: Rogue
0: one. Yeah. Yeah. But was she only, was she in the prequels or is she just in Rogue Oh, one? She
1: might have like a scene.
0: Yeah. I think, she, yeah.
1: Self.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. But it was like, we really got to see her in that. And it's just like, oh yeah, there's so much depth to it. And yeah, look at any time that you kind of invoke the truly complicated chess game that Palpatine was playing. I mean, uh, you know, for, Ian McDermott, I'm always so happy for him because of, you know, a, a very small part that, you know, he got in 1983. That wasn't that small of a part, but I mean, he was like, okay, I'm probably done. The amount of time he spent reprising that character, you know, you don't you, you don't have to love the rise of Skywalker, but you know what I loved about it? Oh man, he got to work again, you know? <laughs> and just, there's a moment in Phantom Menace where he he becomes chancellor, and he fakes. He has. He feigns this surprise. Hmm. He's like, "Oh, this was such a pleasant surprise." And you're like, "Oh my god, that son of a bitch is the emperor! Look at him!" Right. right <laughs> you right, right. know, and it's like, uh, uh, and you know, kids seeing that for the first time. <laughs> just goes right over your head but it's just like so exciting you know when when they get to those little nuances and you know that you have to play that game did you think we were going to see palpatine at some point in this season i am not disappointed we didn't but they talked about him a couple times and just sort of the way everything was moving around i'm like oh are they going to give him to us i you know i i can't say i would have hated it but i didn't need it you know what i mean
1: yeah, I think that's that's exactly how I would phrase it. I didn't need it. I think yeah. I was craving it at, at certain yeah. parts, and there was times where they even referenced him. I like I just rewatched. I was rewatching a few sh- episodes in right. uh, preparation for this, and there's one at the one of those imperial boardrooms where they're like, "I just spoke to to Emperor Palpatine last night," and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" So <laughs> I think I think what's more impressive is you felt his presence even though he yeah. wasn't in the show. Whereas, um, in some of the other shows, you're like are they going to show them? Are they not? Are they going to show them? And you don't necessarily feel the presence. It's kind of a question mark. I, uh, I definitely felt it. And I I think like one thing I actually wanted to, I think we should spend some time on is, um, just while we're talking about the empire, I really think it cannot be understated how, uh, or can't be overstated how much this show does. I think for, a Star Wars fan's view of the Empire, like, really putting it in stone. And I'm not saying, like, it wasn't before, but really, if you look at everything, like, before this, the Empire, like, they're the bad guys, and they, they blow up planets with the Death Star, and that's, that's bad. Yeah. But that, that's the type of bad that's, yeah. like, you'd see that in a fantasy story, of, like, they have the power to blow up planets. Like, that's a fantasy bad guy. Whereas yeah. this show really brings it down to earth of like that whole prison tr- three episode storyline where, like, oh wow, they just they kind of racially profile Cassian and lock him up. And it's like, hey, I yeah, sentence, uh, what th- six years, something ridiculous for just like walking around, ex- like looking suspicious. And then as you slowly learn more and more about the whole dynamics of the prison and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is horrifying. Like they're all, this is how they're building everything. Like that's the thought that's gone through my head as a star Wars fan. like, how are they building all this stuff? Like I get, I got it with the clones. Like they have a whole planet, Camino, whatever. Yeah. Right. But with exactly. This is like, how, like, how do they have so many starships? How are they building a death star? They have a whole explanation for that where it's like, they are just locking up people who are you know either rebels or are kind of disobeying authority making them prisoners and then they' they're they're, they're built they don't even know what they're building and we have them on different levels so they can't even talk to one another we have some being promoted and once their sentence is up we just put them back in
0: yeah that was the I think again sort of the the Oh wow, that's like <laughs> that's a big holy shit moment where like, it's like, oh evil. yeah, no, we're never getting out of out of there. And again, it goes back to like Andy Circus's character up until yeah. that point where he realizes that they're not getting out. He's just like, yeah, look, just, we got to just do what we're told. Eventually, we down. get to go home. It's fine. And it's like, oh, we're not getting out. And then you know, prior to that, he was like, don't even think about it. And then you're like, oh, clearly he'd been thinking about it because he has all this information to pass along, and uh, yeah, that was it's such a it's such a great turn, and yeah, I mean it's it's interesting too that uh, you know some people you know look the post credit scene of the final episode it wasn't you know some big tease for next season you know but at the same time it was just this moment of like. By the way, uh, here's how it all fits together into the, you know, the mythology of what we've gotten, you know, just the idea of like, that's why you're working so hard because we need to finish this death star. Right. And, you know, look, there's times, there's movies that you can watch. There's fandom. There's things that you can experience where you're like, Oh, well, maybe the uh, adversary isn't all bad. You know, the, the easy (laughs) go-to, they used to talk about all the time on, uh, on how I met your mother was the idea that uh, on uh, karate kid that uh, you know, Daniel son was actually the bad guy. And, you know, we really should have been on Billy Zabka's side. And then of course they built a whole series around that, but right, right. you know, you can make that case in some point, but it's just like, yeah, look, just in case you, you needed a reminder about how bad the empire is an organization that even creates something called the death star, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like yeah, just imagine if you know Nazi Germany developed the atomic bomb uh, in like year one, you know, uh, uh, you know. It's just it's that level of like yeah, this is this is the kind of like uprising that you need, you know, against right. this And just sort of watching it, you know, and on this like grassroots level. What's the name of the planet that uh, Cassian's uh, been living on? Ferrix yeah so this Like this street level literal street Level Ferrix stuff is just like We've never spent Even close to that amount Of time you know dealing with something You know dealing with the ground Level stuff you know there's flashes of It in the last Jedi you Know of like you know sort of like You know seeing it but it's like It's always like moments this is like Whole episodes of like Look at this look at this existence These people have and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you know that is brewing inside them, but they're 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 not going to let it out. But that's uh, in, in the you said the name of the actress who played his mother, right? You had her uh, Fiona Shaw. Yeah, phenomenal. Like from the early episodes, from from the early episodes where she's like kind of kind of interested in some of this empire stuff, but then of course <laughs> projecting her in the finale. Um, fight the Empire, and you know there was this like I I don't know how accurate it was, but there was speculation on Twitter that they had wanted her to say "fuck the Empire," yeah. Which I don't know that that and and I was just like, look, it's if like, that's yeah, right. real, it's <laughs> not. It's nowhere near as effective. It's so distracting. You know what I mean? Excuse
1: me. For oh, totally. It's 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 more it's more distracting. I I mean. I I I think I read like or heard a rumor about that too, but yeah. And for a just while like, I was like, did they kill her off screen? Like, are we ever going to see her again? Yeah, and because she has two scenes, I think, in this series that are like just oh my god, good. Um, the, the that one, the finale, is incredible. Yeah, it, it's it's miraculous. Like, it's very moving. But I was actually even more moved, in I think it's episode seven. It's right after the whole heist. And she and Cassian just stopped back to go. Just stopped back at home. He said, "Hey, let's go. I got money. Let's get out of here." And she is finally. She heard about the heist, and she's finally been like, you know, they reveal that uh, her husband Clem, which is also the alias name he took for the heist, which I thought was a great detail. I I
0: thought that. Yeah, I thought that having the explanation of Clem, which you know, it's a very minor thing. Look how it all fits together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: and then she. She refuses to go with them. And it's like, hey, I heard about this heist on the radio. And man, like, you know, when Clem was hung in the town square, however Mm. many years ago, every time I go out, like whatever, grocery shopping, I've always avoided walking there because I get too emotional. And she's like, and I heard about that heist the other day. And I walked down the town square with a smile on my face. And then he's like, I'm going to miss you. Like, why don't you come with me? Yeah, and for her response to be like, "You're gonna miss me." That's what love is. I'm like, this is a like this is a Star Wars show. Like that is beautiful. Like I can't, man. Like she, yeah, she, she knocks it out of the park,
0: out of the park. And you know, to sort of have you know these parallel stories going on. So you have that, and then just specifically in the finale. I don't even think he speaks but you see that there's basically like a kid building a bomb and we know he's got it as sort of the you know the the funeral procession happens and there's everybody's kind of waiting for the big moment and we know he's going to use it and it's just like to take the time to sort of like yeah let's spend a little time with this character and that character and all the different you know some of them we had known in previous episodes and it's just the the amount of depth to this show. I think that anybody who doesn't like it, it's probably going to be people who watch TV in a very passive way. Yeah um, I I you know look there's kinds of sh- there's there's shows that are easy to kind of have your phone in your hand and you know you're sort of like doing other things. but to just think about what you would miss if you weren't locked in on the show, you know? In the way where you're like, I might not be Enjoying it as much, you know, because I'm I'm missing all of these great little details All these character things, you know yeah. And I mean, the amount of time they spend With Bix being Interrogated, I oh mean my God, You know, the, that A similar sort of machine Comes into Princess Leia's Cell in the Death Star right. We don't see them use it We don't see, it doesn't seem to have any impact On her, and this is just like, no, this is what they do. Let, let's, let there's just like three episodes that feature that unless I'm mistaken, you know what I mean? And it's just like, and she's not really right from it at, at the end of the season. You know, I mean, she's just like, okay, I've got the relief of them out of here, but she is really messed up. You messed know? up. Yeah. Messed
1: up. And that's another example of like, wow, they are really showing the empire actually doing horrible things. And yeah. showing Deidre in particular, like what is what a horrifying, um, you know. I think torture is like obviously no hot take here, terrible. But like it's, it, I think <laughs> well, you're going way out on a limb here. Right? I know, no, but like I've never seen this type of psychological torture. Like this, this felt like a very plausible in you know, a galaxy far, far away wow they recorded the sounds of what like alien children being slaughtered and Mm -hmm. are just playing that in her ears and she can't and she's you know bolted down and can't stop listening like that is a horrifying concept and something that i completely believe would break someone and and man, yeah, like I mean, it, it shows there, so much about each character. There's scenes that
0: you'd expect out of, like, I don't know, Homeland or the Americans <laughs> yeah. or something. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, remember, yeah, you remember the Ewoks? Yeah, this is the same, <laughs> this is the same <laughs> fandom as that, you know? <laughs> hey, the Ewoks happy life killed- day, Chewie. <laughs> yeah,
1: the Ewoks, the Ewoks, you know, were. They also slaughtered some stormtroopers. No, but I I agree, though. That's it, true. It's, you
0: know what? Those, those Ewoks are cold-blooded murderers. They're cold-blooded murderers. But anyway, sorry. I just wanted no, to am that saying it,
1: it. But also that it also wasn't like empty calories. This wasn't just like, yeah. we're going to see them do something bad. It was like, wow, this is the lengths Deidre is going to as a woman in the Empire, high in the ranks, which we don't see a lot of uh, outside of maybe the animated shows and the amount of pressure that's on her because she has her own arc that's so fascinating of like we you were saying it up up top we were kind of rooting for her at the beginning of the show and then you realize oh of course she's also a fascist yeah
0: because the early episodes where they're dealing with the office politics you know which it's like at times it felt like well what if the office was set you know, in the Imperial Security Bureau, <laughs> right. the offices in like you know yeah. Ricky Gervais or Steve Carell, you know that office, you know, and it's like, oh, that's kind of a funny idea. You're like, oh yeah, but they're all terrible people, and terrible like terrible people. Her, I don't know the name of the character who's like her supervisor, like the boss. Oh my gosh, he that guy is the most incredible. empirey empire that we've yeah. ever gotten <laughs> <in> anything. <laughs> you know, he is, uh, and just a, a shout out the people. actress who who plays uh, Deirdre Miro, Uh, Denise Gao is her name. I've never seen her in anything, but she is so good in this in terms of, you know, sometimes you have the, I'm kind of a bad character, you know, sort of not a bad character in the sense of, you know, poorly written. I am a bad person, but I'm going to win you over. This is the opposite. You could kind of like her at first. And then by the end, you're like, Oh, is she going to get, torn apart in the street yeah she yeah. probably deserves it you know so uh oh yeah but- i
1: mean she i think there's there's an element of she is the first person who is kind of figuring out what's going on with these rebels with this uprising yeah. with cassian like, she's the first person to kind of put all together there's all these roadblocks in her way obviously it's like so, so much harder for her she's got to do this backwards compared to everyone else and She finally gets the recognition and now she's like the most dangerous person there. Um, Yeah. And and then also adding Cyril to that, who I do think like if I had one criticism of the show, this is so minor. He gets a little lost. I think in terms of my personal interest uh, for the back half of the season.
0: Yeah. I think he starts really strong and it ends pretty well, but there's sort of that middle part where he's like lingering around where she works and yeah, you know.
1: and they're building to something with him for the second season, I think. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So he takes a bit of a backseat and but he still gets a lot of. Screen By the way, time. the character
0: of his mom. Phenomenal. I love <laughs> I, I love this. Like, you know, yeah. like I helped you get this job, you know, and just uh, she's the so disappointed in him. Right, I I love that character. You know, very disappointing. Even in even in Star Wars, we have that. You know, uh, just a, a, a quick interjection uh, again from uh, didn't come up from our pal Ryan Soda uh, from Ivan Soda, Ryan Christian. I wish Spanish was also spoken by Andor and Bix, my two Hispanics. LOL. Uh, but English isn't even English in Star Wars; it's just basic or whatever. But uh, that was uh, sort of following up on a comment that I saw him make earlier, mm. which. Uh, he was just excited that you know you had basically you know two Hispanic leads, and I think that uh, you know there's just I I don't know I mean first of all I mean just having this show the main character being Cassian Andor you know having Diego right. Luna be the lead, and I think that you know they've done a great job with the more recent uh, star wars content you know i mean uh i think you yeah, know the original trilogy did bring us lando but it wasn't until the second movie you know what i mean and i think that uh it's it, it's like this universe is so big and vast and there's so many yeah. different kind of people and you know humanoids otherwise you know and uh i think right. Uh, he's just phenomenal, though, Diego Luna. I mean, there's episodes that uh, you really feel like he's a, almost like a marginal character. And even when he's got plenty of screen time, there's like so much other stuff going on. And at times you're like, I don't know, does it all tie together? And then you're like, oh, yeah, by the end of the season, you're like, it, it sure does. You know, it
1: sure does. I I, yeah. I also can't he i think that's a really good thing you just touched on where he he feels like he's taken a back seat in his whole show but i actually, but it's so intentional and he so embraces that in the episodes where that is the case that yeah. he actually becomes even more effective like i think the best episode of the show and that seems to be everyone's favorite is the one way out prison
0: break yeah i mean it's- that's why that's why i titled this episode one way out because oh, yeah. that's such a like a pivotal episode it's a pivotal moment and you know, just watching this guy that we know is going to figure out how to get out of the prison. Just we've right. seen enough shows of any <laughs> kind in our life that this our main character is in prison. He's not going to spend the rest of the season there. And just sort of watching how he puts it all together. Obviously, how important it is that uh, you know he he gets help when uh, when uh, appropriate right you know i mean it's it, he couldn't do it himself obviously he really did need uh andy circus of course and that's the um,
1: andy circus app too like i think that episode that when we're showcasing like that is the circus app he's the one who's getting yeah. like the close-ups of like there is no leaving like we he's but but what's so interesting is it says so much about Cassian's character where, like, Andy Circus is the one making the speech on the intercom. Yeah, His his group.
0: character's name is Keno, Kino. we established earlier. No, no, we both had to look it up, because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's Andy Circus. I'm like, no, right. that's not his name. <laughs> Keno, yeah.
1: <laughs> Keno's the one making the speech, but Cassian's the one encouraging him to do it. Like, Cassian's the one making him <laughs> yeah, believe.
0: St- stress-free, K, st- stress-free K, perfectly summing up. It's the Attica moment. Attica, Attica, Attica. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly it's that, that i mean
1: it's, yeah it's, he's rallying the troops and it's like cassian is a leader in that way where he can inspire the leader in certain situations to to get everyone else together and yeah. and you know that that's not something we've seen much in star wars and and i also think uh, just one last bit on that episode to wrap it up with that monologue from luther at the end about sacrifice And how that directly parallels to exactly what Kino did that episode where he is literally like, there's a line at the beginning of the episode where he's like, I'm assuming I'm already dead, which he literally was because he knew he can't swim and not get out of there. And he's fighting for a sunrise he's never going to see. And at the end of that episode, that's exactly what happens. Like, it's it's so beautifully written. (laughs) I can't get over it.
0: Also, a great point, again, from Ivan Soto. The first episode, Cassian barely even spoke and he was still engaging. Wow, uh, that's the power of a powerful, masterful actor. Yeah, He's I think great. when you can when you can do so much just sort of with expressions and body language, and you know, we're not getting internal narration from him, which is a you know, can be a little bit of some lazy storytelling, not always. Uh, to just sort of have us just watch him try to figure out the situation, you know, that elaborate way when they brought a new man in, you know, it, it just. The way that we saw the way the elevator worked, and you know, just the fact that, like, yes, you know, this is all going to be important, but let's take the time and watch it the way that they would watch and be like, Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. no, it's just, <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, it, it was all great. It's, amazing. you know, uh, Brian T in the chat. Good to see you, Brian. I love the connective tissue when you look at the actors involved. Skarsgård, uh, it must be, uh, that must be talk text. <laughs> Skarsgård, yeah. it appears. Uh, recommended actors that he performed with in Chernobyl, uh, which is a great point because wow. the uh, the 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 redheaded guy who works, you know, That's with far. Deirdre you know, back right. at the Imperial Security Bureau. First of all, great casting of a ginger with a mustache because he <laughs> stands out. You're going to notice that guy even when he doesn't say anything or or doesn't say much. Right. And that character is so important. That character, of course, also from Chernobyl. That's why that's uh, it's a great comment from Brian. Though I actually forgot about that Chernobyl connection. That's one of the things that oh, wow. if we were doing this week to week when we we're watching it. That was definitely became more at the forefront of my mind. Was, uh, you know, just uh, and and you know what? There's uh, that mentality of the Soviet Union in the wake of the Chernobyl disaster. Oh, that feels an awful lot like the empire. <laughs> you know big time yeah completely Um, agree yeah but uh so in in any case though i mean it's just uh i think that this level of insight to the empire is just you know it's usually very quick and very broad and you got vader choking people and then promoting somebody because he just killed his previous predecessor you know i love all that stuff look rogue one's great my favorite scene in Rogue One is probably still Vader just, you know, trashing everybody on the right, on right, the stockade runner, the uh, ship at the, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's like, we don't, we don't need that. There's no lightsabers in this show, you know, I, and that's fine with me. You know, uh, I, I like that we didn't get, you know, we talked earlier about maybe getting Palpatine. It, it's, it's better that it's below the radar. You know, there's no threat of Darth Vader showing up. You know what I mean? you know, they want to, if they want to tie it all together in season two and have some, you know, heavier hitters, uh, that's fine. If they feel like that's where they need to go, but to have this be like, yeah, we know all this stuff, but they're filling in so many things that that we just don't think about. Um, well, Brian T, if you want to, if you want to do the, the work that, uh, that I'm uh, I'm spinning some plates when you're, yeah. you're doing a show like this. I can't Google. Uh, I don't know which one. Feel ones. free to call out the other actors. I mean, the Chernobyl show was amazing, you know. Right. And uh, uh, that was one of many shows that I did an after show for uh, over at AfterBuzz. Um, Brian T also says I can watch scenes over just for the dialogue. Yeah. Deidre, do you care to have your integrity ventilated in this form? Is an example. Um, yeah. And uh, Cause like there was also like You know the guy who was her rival You know trying right. to like Yeah well she keeps trying to do all this stuff You know and It's interesting you mentioned this earlier uh, That she's The only one is like you know there's this Coordinated effort Against us and I think That for the, the Empire's line would be like no one Would dare to do that and it's like well no the fact that you think that is exactly why people would try to do that you know right but and that, that's uh, yeah, great but, yeah Sorry. yeah I was going to
1: say like it's it's so you can see where the cracks in the armor are and how she is the one like there's an underlying message of it, it it's a it's it's interesting that the like one person to kind of figure this out was the only woman in the room and it's also no secret that like when we come to a new hope, there are no women in the room and they're toppled. And it's like, maybe, maybe if you had more people like Deidre on that council, uh, come a new hope, you don't have these flaws with the death star. And and maybe they have a tighter grip on the situation. Um,
0: Or at the very least by the second death star, (laughs) <laughs> you would have made sure it wasn't vulnerable in pretty much the same way. Yes, it was a little bit more complicated. You had to take out the power, so- power source. But really, you still just had to fly in there and and drop a bomb into it. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I- yeah. Well, you know, look, let's be glad for the sake of uh, the galaxy that I'm there totally weren't right. more people like her, you know, speaking of. Um, let's, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Marv's droid uh they just oh, called emo. him b2 right is that what they I, that's I think, it's,
1: I think it's emo b2
0: E-2-mo? b2 emo so he's like yeah. emo you yeah. know yeah, yeah. um the, but the fact is it's interesting that that's his name because he is the most emo droid we've ever had you know it's just like he's so emotional you know it's like you know, like you know, anybody who has a, a, a you know has had a pet for a long time, they kind of know when something's going on. You know, if, if you're like packing, like a perfect example, I went to go visit a, a friend <laughs> of mine before we left for college. Uh, you know that summer, and he was packing up, literally packing up to go to college before you know, I was just visiting. And he had this beautiful golden retriever and she was just sitting there and she had this look on her face. She's like, oh man, I can't believe you're leaving. And it's just like, I I'd never had a dog. We just had cats and they were obviously yeah. always, you know, plotting to overthrow cats. us and take over the house. <laughs> that's what they do. It's fine. But I was just like, I had never seen that up close, you know? And so this droid is kind of like that pet that's like, oh man, don't leave me. You know, he's like, what am I supposed to do? You know, and it's almost like they they have to kind of trick him into being functional again. You know, and again, that's a layer that uh, I find the, you know, R2D2 and C-3PO are just wonderfully entertaining. But that's kind of like the amount of emotion that I thought we would ever get from droids. But then this is just like, you know, he's in mourning. You know, he's, he's sitting Shiva basically, you know? Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I, I, part of me won't even wondered, this is now like even a prediction. Um, part of me was curious if whatever happens with him, that droid, I know that droid was on the ship that he leaves Bix on at the end. I'm like, is there a world in which the consciousness or like the brain chip, whatever of that droid gets put into like a K2SO
0: I thought that too. You know what? Yeah. I I was wondering. And um, I, I, and by the way, are we going to see him in season two? We got to have to. Um, I I wanted to, I want to sort of uh, try to tidy this up and look ahead towards what we might get in season two. This is something that I hadn't thought about uh, since I saw the episode, but again, Ivan with the uh, eagle eye, did you guys like how Cassian and his sister's home planet? We had no subtitles. I thought that was a very interesting choice. And I think that what they were saying wasn't so important that they needed to tell it to us. We could kind of figure it out in context. But, man, it's like it's a choice to put things in uh, with with subtitles, with the captioning, you know. Right. right. And uh, I I saw the second Avatar movie last night. and There's not oh. a ton of it. But there's sequences that they have. They have the um,
1: The Navi. These
0: like 3D Navi captions, and it's not in a lot of the movie because you're like, oh yeah, that would get old quickly. But at the same time, (laughs) they were just like in this show. They were just like, nah. Do you really care what they're saying? And I'm like, I I appreciate that choice. I think I would have liked what to know what they were saying, but I guess it didn't matter. And you know, it's less about that moment. But Ivan obviously caught it and it's like yeah they are they are tony gilroy is making the show he wants to you know he's not gonna worry about stuff like that you know what i mean
1: it really feels like and i'm I'm. this isn't even a slight at the other shows i'm not trying to sound like that but it just feels like this show had a a very clear vision throughout meaning i'm not even saying that that doesn't mean like I think whenever someone says that, people assume, oh, the studio didn't tamper. It's like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't think studio tampering is bad. Like, everyone's trying to make a good a good thing here. I just think everyone was very clear with the assignment and on the yeah. same page and you felt it. It's like you, you really, I trusted the show. Like the biggest compliment I could give this show is I just knew everything was going to be amazing after like episode seven. I was like, oh, I'm so in. And then after that, one way out. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I've, I have no doubt that the final two episodes are going to be great." And now I have no doubt that the that season two is going to be amazing. And I'm so excited for what's coming and what's ahead. And I am I am bummed it's only going to be two seasons, but I also think yeah. that's what's making the show even more special. Is there? There's no ounce of fat. Like we got Mon Mothma's daughter being kind of sold, yeah, to a what like a mafia to to like a, a like a
0: gangster basically yeah and i mean it's For like money. it's like and by the way in star wars not every gangster is jabba the hut you know what I mean? <laughs> you just have like this really nice well dressed guy you know and it's like oh yeah um yeah, yeah i'll help you <laughs> but um i want you to introduce your daughter to my son you know and and it's just like it's such a little thing in that moment you know Oh, and then, of course, her sister, my Mothma's sister. Vel. Again, yeah. it, what was her name? I think it's Vel. Vel, yeah, yeah. Having been, you know, the one who was uh, working with Lucian, but also uh, was the, uh, you know, the basically the on-the-ground commando right, commander right. for the uh, the heist. And again, that was another, like, oh, let's tie these things together, you know? So, yeah, I mean, the and, oh, man. Mon is like a whole husband, you know, like what a dipshit that guy is, <laughs> you know? Oh. And I'm like, oh, this, they're doing a great job. in, you know, showing sort of like upper class sort of, you know? Yeah.
1: And some kind of culture around how they're raised where it's like, there's, it looks like there's some, there, there are, you're married very young, like around yeah. 16 on um, that. That's just like a regular thing, which I thought was like, Man, they're doing just some really fascinating world building and and kind of like cultural exploration of different ends of the galaxy. Uh, I, I, I like the whole. It seems like there's some kind of cult that her daughter is involved with, or uh, you know, some kind of group that like she was like, "Oh, this might just be a phase," but no, she's pretty dialed into it, and she has to weigh like, "Do I get money for the rebellion for the greater good of the galaxy, or yeah. do I?" And risk my daughter or whatever. Well, and the stress-free
0: stuff. K has a great point on that. It seems to be that that's what the daughter wants, you know, because she started started embracing whatever whatever that sort of traditional aspect of their culture is. You know, sort of the more orthodox. You know, it's like it's we see that in the Mandalorian, you know, because like Bo Katan and that crowd is like, oh, oh man, you you still do that? We don't take off our helmet stuff. What do you? <sighs> what are you a square? You know what I mean? And it's just like, you So you have these different factions and yeah, I mean, but obviously from my Mothma's point of view, she's like, I really don't want my daughter to have to go through that. Even though my daughter seems to think that that's what she wants, you know? Right. So, <laughs> and stress-free K adds, it was a cautionary tale for rebellious daughters. <laughs> so
1: yeah. Um, Naturally, yeah. she would be rebellious towards her mom who it's just so interesting. I mean, <sighs> There's also I wanted to mention one other thing. Yeah, sure. Um, the music of the show. You yes, know. I'm actually
0: glad you said that because I didn't even I didn't even make a note to drums. Get into that, but yeah, drums in Star
1: Wars, like it's it's fantastic. What, the song at the what end. What about
0: what about how much time they spent with sounds that are basically like you know, like the tapping, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and just sort of you know, and then the, the empire being so focused on stop that, you know, you have like a sniper that's trying to take out the guy in the bell tower, you know, the
1: bell tower. Oh, just everything
0: is. Yeah. But the music, yeah. The, the drums, the actual, you know, score throughout the series, you know, the various moments, uh, the music in the, in the one way out episode, you know, sort of in that, that culminating scene, you're just like, Oh my gosh, you know? Um, yeah. It's 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 very different uh, from Star Wars music. Both Daniel Drew, good to see you, Daniel, and Stress Free K. Everybody's like, oh yeah, that Bell Tower, that was fantastic. You know, again, little touches. You know, yeah, yeah. So we know we get one more season of this, and it sort of does end in that moment that I uh, referenced earlier, which is, you know, Cassian is prepared to die for the good of the people he cares about. And Luther just really needs to get him to a place where you care about the galaxy. You know, you care about everybody. And, you know, it's it's not that big of of a leap. You know, he had Marvin his ears his whole life, you know, it's it's within him. It's just gonna be a matter of getting it out there. And yeah, I mean, just to see where that goes, but obviously the Mon Mothma storyline and uh you know Deidre, and you know i i i don't know what kind of (laughs) what kind of relationship there is with uh her and cyril you know i like whatever their interaction is and it's like i i just i just want to see all of it you know i i can't even imagine where it's going yeah
1: i'm very curious about all that i mean obviously there's some kind of you know, there's a romantic element there that I'm like, oh, we haven't even scratched the surface of. You know,
0: <laughs> I know, and it's just like, oh my god, what a, what a, you know, what's when has there been a less likable couple, you know, <laughs> than those two? You know,
1: in a weird way, yeah. I want it to happen. I, I don't no, know. I do like,
0: too. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Yeah, I, I'm so curious about that. I, uh, you know, it's funny. You mentioned like no lightsabers earlier, but we did get that episode with Luthan getting. Like tractor beamed and those things shot out of his, uh, yeah, of uh, his ship that looked like lightsabers. You know, you're right
0: about that. Yeah, yeah, that's because he has a
1: kyber crystal th- that he gives yeah. Cassian, which yeah, which you know, ironically is also what's um in the, you know they use the Death Star, but that's also what's used with lightsabers. Like, I'm very curious to see. I don't think a lot of people are speculating if Luthen is a Jedi. I don't think he's a Jedi. I but either, i do yeah. think he has some like he might have a lightsaber like he might have he has these artifacts
0: oh and stuff. i mean he's certainly known jedi you know what i mean yeah. like he's you know <laughs> he's, he's certainly know known jedi <laughs> yeah, yeah i think
1: there's something going on with him like i'm i'm going to be very curious to see if uh some other members of rogue one show up next season obviously oh yeah they might not interact with Cassian, but they could interact with Luthan. Like we got Forrest Whitaker with Saga. I I was was just about to
0: say, we had Forrest Whitaker and there was no payoff in this season. So clearly we're going to get more of him in the next season.
1: There was some payoff. Like I I do think that scene where he is incredibly paranoid on if, um, if there's a rat on his team was like, (laughs) that's why in rogue one, he's so like they're, they're kind of setting the groundwork of, something happens like i would not be shocked if saw Guerrero actually kills luthan because i think when they're in rogue one when they're hiring uh when cassian's getting um yeah uh oh my gosh the main character in rogue one i forget her name um Jyn so Erso. Erso to like go yeah. off to saw guerrera they're like yeah he's now this like crazy uh rebel who's kind of on his own and so paranoid that people double crossing him i'm like
0: yeah, it, it, it was like for it was like Forrest Whitaker was still playing Edie Amin at that point, you right? Know? It was like, yeah. But you know, it's uh, yeah. I think that uh, that will be interesting to kind of see what step where where was Saul Guerrero at in terms of was the last time chronologically, like at the end of the Clone Wars series, was he already headed in this kind of direction because i'm I'm not quite sure like you know it, it's tough sometimes the the timeline in Star wars can be confusing because of when things are released oh, yeah uh, do, does this seem like a natural jump for where we left him
1: um well okay so he the last time so I think the bookends we have of him are yeah. he's in bad batch and he's in he was in
0: he was in season one of bad batch
1: yeah, he has a small little arc in season one of Bad oh, wow. Batch, okay. which is like right after Revenge of the Sith. But he's also in the uh, Jedi Fallen Order video game, where oh, okay, which is like a few years after, like not many, like three or four years after Revenge of the Sith, where he's very much still like that. He, he fit a little bit more in line with uh with where he was in Bad Batch. Like I'm actually shocked yeah. at how great a job they've done of of keeping his arc very. On point like there's definitely yeah. he definitely goes a little more extreme as the years go on and i thought i felt like however i will say him in this show even though he's only in maybe two scenes i was yeah. so enamored with where he's at because of his conversations with Luther and it's it's really showcasing two types of uh approaches to rebellion leaders where there's one who is extreme and is like about attacking and kind of like revenge and getting back. And the other who is not afraid to make a sacrifice play or even like sacrifice his own men for the greater good. And there's, it's just like, wow, they both want the same thing and they have such very different approaches.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's such a like high level thinking of rebellion this idea of we are going to sacrifice this number of our men because of the fact that it'll allow, you know, this exponentially larger number of them to operate because they'll think <laughs> they, they've taken us out. And you're just like, yeah, you did when, you know, when you're running a rebellion, you need to make those decisions. And we never saw princess Leia have to worry about that. You know, Gen- General Nadine never really did much other than point to uh, point to a uh, a map of the new Death Star. You know, and, and it's like we really don't see that th- those kind of consequences. And I think this sort of like next level, you know, again more adult, and not in the way that people usually think about it. Just sort of adult <laughs> storytelling for Star yeah. Wars. You know. Yeah uh it's it's like oh man <laughs> you know sure i think it's more yeah. mature yeah it, right it's, definitely
1: it's more serious it, it, i think it's more grounded it it's it brought it to a street level it brought it to a uh I, I i the way i was actually describing some of this to some friends of mine is like i think growing up watching star wars whatever age if you're watching it as a kid yeah. you are enamored by it and like oh my god i could be luke skywalker i could be obi-wan Anakin, whatever han solo like that was rousing us as as children and now a lot of the stuff is like nostalgic because we want that feeling again this show is currently rousing me as an adult yeah like i'm yeah, right inspired. and
0: as as an adult i'm like oh yeah i could end up being that guy who runs the junkyard you know <laughs> that's uh that's pretty much where i ended up
1: <laughs> or but but, but uh, and then what's the importance of that like I, can you be the in that town square like that community like that felt yeah. like you know like where i grew like that it just feels like the people you live around like i could see that like there, there's just so many interesting things or even at work like the, all the little acts um of rebellion not moving away like whatever his, his mom was talking about it, it just was so refreshingly inspiring and I, and that's like the power that like a Star Wars as a franchise You know, wields. Love it
0: Yeah um, A couple of things uh, in the chat Uh, Daniel Drew says in the Leia Princess of Alderaan novel Saw Guerrera, and the Partisans Have a few large missions where they Blow up a big space station Port and kill many civilians And also some stuff on Naboo's moon Yeah, it's a great point because I mean the Star Wars novels started coming out so fast and furiously that I, it's been decades (laughs) since I read. I dropped off yeah. But you were able to get more in depth. And again, because they were, you know, novels, they were probably a little bit more advanced, you know, some of the concepts they dealt with, you know? And I mean, that's why I think Grand Admiral Thrawn was such a great character because they sure took the time to develop him you know and the fact that he learned about the planets that he conquered through their art you know and it's just like it, it's just a little advanced things like that i don't know it's interesting uh there was also a little bit of a conversation in there uh that uh, first ivan asked uh, what we thought of uh, i guess Clea, uh Luthan's partner so basically oh sort gosh. of a, a, that woman who like handles everything yes and is, you know, uh, really does does a lot there uh, Stress-free K says, I didn't like her She seems sociopathic I think she was just, you know, organized You know, she's like a, you know, a Pepper Potts type You know, for Tony Stark, you know Just like somebody who has to like handle everything And yeah, you don't tell the boss everything that you have to do You know what I mean? And I think we'll see more of her and... The uh, the driver for Monmouthma, you know, whoever he he was reporting to, you know, the uh, which was I think the same bureau as Deirdre works, you know. There's so many threads that they're gonna have to really pull on for season two, but we won't get that for a couple years, right? I mean, they've told us it's gonna be a while before we get it, right? It's
1: so brutal is I, you know, I think they <laughs> um they have started they have started working on it uh right i don't see us getting this for at least a year and a half yeah which is like come on but it's also i mean hey this was 12 episodes you know this is more yeah. longer than we're used to with most shows uh
0: because yeah both seasons of mandalorian were eight it was boba fett was eight right boba fett was seven. So, oh yeah yeah and but uh kenobi was eight kenobi was six oh yeah you're right okay it's six. like whoa like
1: they're <laughs> yeah like this was twelve. Like I, and it's it really interesting is because
0: obviously another a, a, another corner of the Disney fiefdom, the Daredevil show is going to be nineteen episodes. So they're wow. they're willing to. T- I think it's eighteen, but they're willing to tell longer stories when it's like, okay, well, what's your longer story? And yeah, when this started, and I feel like with episode three, it started to ramp up, and episode four, when the heist begins, it's like, oh, it's really accelerating. I I think at that point I wasn't aware that there were twelve episodes. You know, I was like, okay, I guess they're gonna pull off this heist, and that'll be the end of the season. And then it's like, oh no, no, he's gonna go to prison, and there's just so much more to it. And uh, so yeah, I would hope we would get at least as much time in a season two, and oh. I guess it'll take us at least closer, if not right up to Rogue One. You know, so I, well,
1: I think they have. Like Tony Gilroy has explicitly said, and he has only done, I think, a three inter three or four interviews. He has not done a lot. Um, he but he has explicitly said this show will go up right to the beginning of Rogue One.
0: Like Right. The way that Rogue One went right up to the beginning of a New Hope, you know. Exactly. I mean, like, Which it, is like literally, great. yeah. Like is yeah. this
1: gonna end with him walking? Uh, to that informant who he shoots in the back or is it going to end with him on uh, Yavin 4 coming behind the you know mission control scene Jinner so like it's it's amazing how much this show has done for that movie Rogue One Uh, these characters this corner of the galaxy I, I think it's really united a lot of the fandom um and, and honestly, if, if you don't like it, I don't care. Like I'm I love it. <laughs> like it's just yeah. so it's I I'm so happy we got the show and I'm gonna rewatch yeah. it
0: a lot. No, and that and that was the point that I made is like if if you if you're going to give it a chance, you have to give it a real chance. Sit down, pay attention, watch a few of them. You know, don't don't bail after one It's not a great show to just watch the first episode It's not that the first episode isn't good But when you don't get it in the context And usually I'm not, you know If somebody's like, oh, you need to watch this show It doesn't really pick up until episode five That drives me it's nuts like, it, Yeah, I, and I'm like, oh, can I just go to episode five? No, no, I'm like, <laughs> oh man You know, it's uh, so But I think this is the one where it's like you begin to appreciate what you watched in the first couple episodes by the time you get to episode three, you know? So um I, what are we getting next? Star Wars, bad batch, oh, bad batch,
1: on January 4th. And then someone,
0: someone on the show might have 14 episodes of that sitting in his uh, Disney debut right now. What? I saw that email earlier today uh so
1: someone might be making
0: a trip. (laughs) someone might be coming over because i can't send it to you because the it is so crazy the way that they make you like of course multiple authentication but come on over we'll watch it together (laughs) um yeah so bad batch that'll be in january um live action it's mando three right i mean mando season three yeah
1: and uh uh, well, I mean, there's so many exciting things. Mandalorian season three. Uh, they've started production on the Acolyte, which is by hands down my most anticipated show. I just cannot wait for that. Just That's remind
0: a- me of that one. What that show? So
1: is. the the Acolyte is the first show to. It's going to like the High Republic. So I think it's based a hundred years before Phantom Menace. It's, oh okay. and it, yeah, yeah. And the, they just announced this too. The main character. It's going to follow Sith infiltrating
0: is, is that the is that the show with the guy from squid game or is yes that, a that is the yeah, show okay. with the guy
1: from squid game so there's and it's the showrunner of Russian doll um so holy cow and, no, that's and gonna then be, yeah and then there's I another mean, show called skeleton crew which we don't know a lot about but yeah. that will have uh oh no what's that actor he was in Sherlock Holmes Jude law uh that will have Jude law as I think one of the leads and that is I think in the same time period as mandalorian but it's just like a completely we don't know a lot about that one yeah um but that one's also in production so we do have some stuff on the horizon but the i think what's the most exciting detail from andor is man these shows that don't innately connect to a lot on the surface can also be amazing (laughs) and yeah god knows this was (laughs)
0: Yeah. Interesting comment here from stress free K. I haven't seen rogue one cause I'm not really a star Wars fan, but this Andor was really special. So I think that that's interesting stress free K because you heard enough people talking about this show and how much they liked it. And you were like, all right, I'm just going to check it out and not have to worry about what I have and haven't seen beforehand. And uh, I think, I think it, if if you have just sort of cursory understanding of star Wars and maybe haven't checked in with everything over the last decade, you're not going to be lost. You know, I mean, you don't know him from rogue one, but as stress free K said, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's an interesting, you know, I didn't think about how this could actually be an entry point into star Wars or a re-entry point really for people that maybe haven't checked things out in a while. You know, I mentioned, Doreen earlier who hadn't enjoyed anything since return of the jedi you know and it's just like you know when that much time goes by and you're a little bit older you're just like oh okay you know what star wars has grown up with me instead of you know regressing the other way and giving us uh you know more gungan stories (laughs) so but um it'll be it'll be uh yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff coming, and uh, that Mandalorian season three is uh,
1: oh, uh you know, dude. I mean,
0: I, mean I think that uh, most people agree that uh, the, the high point of Book of Boba Fett were the Mando episodes, but uh, I think uh, just sort of carrying on from there and seeing where it goes. I mean, that trailer's great, and yeah, um, yeah, the trailer's but... great.
1: I, I, I mean, pff, again, like, I hate, I hate, like you you can't not compare them like you have to because yeah. they're all in the same world or same platform. Like we just naturally as humans, we have to. I, I And I I think like what was so great about the show is both can be great. Like the nostalgic, more like uh, lone wolf and cub, uh, Mandalorian that's an awesome story. Where it's a where it's a Western samurai story, yeah. and then this is a, you know, rebellious like we're toppling fascism, social commentary. That's also great, and it just shows how amazing this world is. There's endless stories. Like I really don't even know if we scratched the surface with the types of stories oh, we yeah. can tell here. I-
0: how soon are we getting Ahsoka?
1: I, I, oh my I, gosh, that's the biggest yeah. one. How do we not mention that? That's I know it's like year. you mentioned it because oh, I they... started
0: thinking about how those uh Tales of the Jedi like animated oh. shorts. There was some great storytelling for her, God. but then just unexpected. I'm like, I didn't expect to get this in depth with Count Dooku. You know, and oh and gosh, uh, man. you know just the backstory that they gave us for him. We could we um, could do a whole nother hour. I know I, it's, <laughs> it it's is. Almost like
1: those are, those are incredible. I, and uh, you know, one common factor, I think with Andor and Ahsoka before this year, I don't think you can really name a lot of, um, uh, prominent mothers in star Wars, like mother yeah. characters that were, you know, had a left, a, left a mark, like were very memorable. You could talk a lot about, and I will say like in those, in those tales, of the Jedi, like they had that first episode, that's all about Ahsoka's mom. And it's so heartwarming and beautiful and, and it can show like, wow, she really taught like Ahsoka not to be afraid. And so much of Andor, Cassian Andor, like his personality was so shaped by his mom. And I was like, man, it's, it's nice in a, in a franchise where it's, it's all like, I am your father, like two great mom characters this year.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I didn't even think of it until you said it. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, Star Wars basically being built around Luke and Leia. I mean, they're they never ever get a chance to know their mother, you know. So it's like and, you know, Han Solo for all intents and purposes is an orphan, you know what I mean? So it's like you there's not a lot of parental figures. I mean, you know, God bless uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. they did what they could, but they're, you know, um especially yeah. in the uh, in the Obi-Wan series, but yeah, look, there's uh, there's still so much coming, and I mean, you know, on these shows, on 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 all my shows, we also talk about all the Marvel that's coming. I mean, Disney Plus is just like, oh, why don't you try and uh, cut that subscription? You know, <laughs> you you, you want to miss all this stuff that we're doing? Go ahead. Why don't you go figure out what Netflix has going on? But uh, you're gonna miss an awful lot of stuff. You know, so well, Ryan, this like we could easily do another hour and a half, you know, now that I brought up Tales of the Jedi, which I've kind of forgotten about until we started talking. Cause that can't that kind of came out like during this, or maybe it was right after yeah. I came it was during. It was during, yeah. It was, during, yeah. I was like, what are you doing? You know, because now we're in like a lull for Star Wars and Marvel. I mean, there's like nothing right now. I mean that batch you said is in January three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's a lot of weeks. Come on. Well, I look forward to whatever's next. <clears throat> have any excuse to uh have you back on but in Please. the interim if people want to keep in touch with you and uh yeah um um yeah you can i tell them where you follow me is that what you're that, you I know? was going to say I was going to they can they they can talk eagles they can talk Phillies uh, <sighs> uh off season oh uh, signings
1: Philly uh, sports yeah all your Philly yeah. sports star wars you know marvel <laughs> dc yeah all those takes twitter at Ryan Nilsen, ry nilson ry Nilsen Instagram Ryan Nilsen underscore. Uh, thank you so much for having me on at Christian DMZ. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it's always fun to have an excuse to uh, talk Star Wars for as it's turned out uh, an hour and a half. But uh, I mean, I still feel like we barely scratched the surface on this show. There's so much to it. And anybody that, for whatever reason, decided to watch this without having or listen to this without having seen the show, uh, I hope we've inspired you to check it out. And then please report back and let us know what you think. Uh, but you can always subscribe to the Blackcast at Blackcast uh, on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's how you get everything. But you can also get the uh, the audio version of the podcast. So we spent an hour and a half talking about Star Wars on a very grown-up level. Also, Broadcast 516 will be doing a deep dive on The Muppets at Christmas time, specifically Muppet Christmas Carol, which I just watched with my 7-year-old and 5-year-old over the weekend. We go a lot deeper, we talk about Muppet Family Christmas and uh john denver and the muppets and so many other things that's that's what i love about doing your own podcast it's like i want to talk about Andor really in depth and then i'm going to talk about some of my favorite muppet stuff uh including christmas eve on sesame street so really we're really getting a lot we're going deep on the muppets is what i'm trying to say so uh make sure you check us out next time but that's all the time we have for now we'll see you next time on the black cast I've been sleeping I've been turning away from the truth I wanted not to face There is a wound that won't heal At the center of the galaxy There is a darkness reaching like rust Into into everything around us We let it grow and now it's here It's here and it's not visiting anymore It wants to stay. The empire is a disease that thrives in darkness. It is never more alive than when we sleep. It's easy for the dead to tell you to fight. And maybe it's true, maybe fighting's useless. Perhaps it's too late. Do this. If I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards from the start. Fight the Empire! Thank you for listening to the Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like the Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on the Bladcast.
1: I hope I'm saying this right. The Bladcast.
0: Kevin Bacon, you have to pretend you're an actual hero or else Christmas is doomed.
1: This is our other new member, Wolverine. <laughs> <How> you doll. <doing? laughs> Want a piece of fruit?
0: Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. What? What did he say? He can't swim.